Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, he roams from town to town. He goes through life without a care. He's happy as a clown, and he has two fists of iron. He's going nowhere. Dr. Luke Gledall. Uh, that was a late change, I'll, I'll be honest, Luke, because the first, that's the from the song, they, uh, they call me the wanderer, uh, the wanderer. <laughs> Um, the first verse is really quite sort of mean. Um, I'm the type of guy who will never settle down where pretty girls are. You know that I'm around. I love them because uh, to me, they're all the same. I hug them and I squeeze them. They don't even know my name. So I, I didn't want to slander you in the, in that way. But um, I still thought it was it was fun to lead in with. I was. <clears throat> so full disclosure we are we are immediately on the heels of uh, of the match versus West Brom um as far as i'm aware there's nothing in the way of breaking hoo-hoos but you might you might correct me breaking hoo-hoos for this week yeah i don't think there's much um, as- i guess since we we last did it i guess new you played up front for Kosovo against england that was oh, something. Oh, sorry, yes. But was. that's that's a very long time ago breaking new hoo-hoos. And uh he was he, he was I seemed okay. He had a header at one point. I think he yeah. had Tyrant Bones for a header. That happened. So there we go. That's all the breaking that's hoo-hoos. A... Adi knew who had a header against England. And Palmer took uh, part in a second win in a week for Scotland. He did indeed. Player ratings that's I didn't see any mean player rings, but he did kind of give the ball away during their goal because um, Scotland had to come from behind in that game. But he uh, he seemed to have a good game other than that. So apart from giving having a hand in a goal, yes, a bit of negative play position scored. Um, yeah, well, if, if that isn't so I know if that isn't some foreshadowing for what happened today, then uh, I don't know what is. Shall we just shall we just get into it, Luke? Oh, let's do this. I just want to say it's just it's just I don't know. You know, you um, it's felt a long time. This has felt one of the longest international breaks I think ever. Yeah, the 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 Swansea game sort of left a an unfinished business kind of feel to things, didn't it? Because it was it was a reasonably good performance, but a frustrating result. So you kind of want to get on to the next one in those situations. Um, so we went to tabletopping West Bromwich Albion, um, who have two mascots: one sort of fat chicken, and um, <laughs> the, the other one an ice cube or a fridge. I couldn't work out which, but it was just a big white cube. Um, <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have the joy of them uh, trying to look somber during a, a minute silence, which is one of the the great things of football is uh, is mascots looking sad next to next to players during minute silences. Um, so, starting lineup wise, uh, there was a couple of changes. Uh, we seemed to drop the four four two that we played against Swansea and went with just Fletcher up top on his up top on his own. Hutchinson came back in um, to replace Ati Nuiu. And then we also made the switch for, we put Berner back in alongside Iortha at centre-back and, and Lees dropped to the bench 
Uh, any initial thoughts on when you saw the team for the first time? I quite liked it for a 4-3-3. It was one of the better ones. Um, I was disappointed we didn't see Luongo, but it is, it's been a long time since Luongo's played football for us. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of see a reasoning to say, you know, maybe he's just on the bench. Maybe he's coming back into fitness. You know, that was fine. Um, Lee Hutch Bannon, that's a pretty good midfield free. Maybe I think in previous times, previous years for Hutch and Lee, it would have been a much more improved midfield three. Mm. Um, but it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I was in, pleased to see. I was interested to see how Murphy was going to get on in the starting berth. Exactly, you know, which in means place of Reach. Yeah, it means that Reach missed out again. I suppose that's the probably the most. Um, that was the most standout thing probably from the the team that, that uh, again Adam Reach hadn't hadn't made it into the into the squad well into the into the starting eleven uh, so it started off at an insane pace the game it you know, really you we at- just uh, got out the blocks exceptionally quickly it was um, maybe with some of our attacking depending on how you want to read into this we kind of came out the blocks like a DeLorean in uh, Back to the Future but maybe the joke of the DeLorean in Back to the Future from what I understand being of a certain age but also mm-hmm. not of a, a certain age to maybe get the joke fully was that the DeLorean's also a piece of shit as a car <laughs> um, so maybe some of that attacking prowess kind of maybe it was maybe it was quite we were out the blocks like a DeLorean yeah I think we rattled out we had some good half chances we did have a couple of warning shots because the um, there was a good cross from the the right hand side for them uh, prior to their goal, and I think there was another one where they almost got in behind, and Iorfa was able to sort of shut the door on them on that occasion. But the next time uh, they attacked with a, cro- a sort of pass in behind, it was uh, it was down the side of Burner and Fox, and those two are not blessed with Iorfa's pace, and uh, it meant that Hal Robson Canu had a pretty straight run at the goalkeeper and. Uh, very calmly slotted it between Kieran Westwood's legs. Indeed. And um, it really felt harsh with the pace of the game. I think, we, you know, warning shots, I didn't really think any of them were particularly fantastic for West Brom. I mean, this is a funny thing up to that point, and, and probably from the rest of the game, I'd say there wasn't a great deal of incredible chances for West Brom. No, I think you've, I think that's fair enough. They were very clinical and efficient with the chances they were given. It was... Um, you know, very much the opposite of watching Sheffield Wednesday, I would probably say. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, so I think just kind of, I mean, obviously that again is another promising start squandered, uh, which unfortunately seems to be a bit of a, a theme. Because, um, yeah, we had a, we had some really good chances, including another burner being very, very close to scoring um, from a, a set piece that kind of ended up bobbling around in the box. Uh, I I thought I thought West Brom looked like a good team. I know what you're saying that they didn't. It wasn't like a constant goal threat, but I, I did think they had us chasing them quite often when they were when they were coming forward. Um, it looked to me like they they I don't know how they normally play, so it might be that they always do this. But they were almost looked like they were set up to try and use our kind of man for man defending against us because uh, there was a lot of the the wingers um staying very wide and then uh canu coming out to to join them on the wing and then other players filling that gap in the middle so you kind of ended up with one of our center backs and a fullback covering and then we were relying on a combination of hotch and a winger to try and tackle those players it didn't produce huge amounts of chances because I think we were pretty scrupulous about doing the work and I do think that was one of the things that I noted from 
Murphy in particular, he he did his he did his job of work going backwards today, which you can't always say about him, but he was where mm. he needed to be and he was pretty sharp in the tackle a couple of times as well, shut things down pretty effectively. Um but yeah, I think other than that, by and large, we did look like the better team. The first ten minutes was kind of wild, both teams really going for it and both teams leaving the back door open a little bit and unfortunately we lost out in that that tussle Mm. they then spent the next sort of 10-15 minutes trying to take the fizz out of the game I think a lot of passing around at the back completely and um, the early goal I think for any sense definitely for that first half perspective um, really took any pizzazz or spectacular spectacle out of the game took the spittoon straight out of the the game straight out of the game must have been when we were squandering our our attacking chances as Meatloaf, um, noted Sheffield Wednesday fan, has sang previously. <laughs> uh, so we, we this midfield three, I, I thought first, so first half I thought, I thought Fox looked like he was struggling a bit defensively. I think he got caught out a couple of times by Phillips. Uh, and I also thought that we didn't see much from Hutchinson or Kieran Lee. Uh, although they both managed to pick up yellow cards brilliantly. Um, and again, Kieran Lee had a brush with, could have had a red card, because he after he, he already had a yellow, mm. did a really pointless, silly tackle on the byline, um, which another referee could have, yeah, could have picked him up on. Um, I, did, I, I noted about the 35-minute mark that the ref is a big, big fan of the ref, and he'll give a pen or a red. And uh, funnily enough, um, sort of. I think he um, he saw that claim and he raised you a little bit as well. He did. He said, "I'll show you." As he licked his finger and rubbed his nipples. Do you have any other kind of great revelations or kind of uh, observations about the first half? Um, Because I can tell you some of my brilliant revelations and observations about the first half, if you like, Rich. Okay. The, The the one thing I think the other note I've got left is that Kieran Lee had two really good chances in the first half and bottled them both. Yes. Um, including the, the the most annoying one was the one where he sort of chipped up a little cross to their defender when he should have had a shot. So yeah, that was, that was quite frustrating. The other one, he kind of tried to play for a foul when he was never going to get it. But that, yeah, so, so an agitating sort of first half in some ways, but yeah, I'd love to hear your, your takes, your observations. Um, I was kind of being facetious <laughs> basically saying that things were so dull that I was basically commenting on the fashion. Uh, Slavin Bilic is one of those Arsene Wenger human centipede kind of coats that kind of just <laughs> bobbles on forever. Um, I'm quite liking the look of Gary Monk in the 2019-2020 uh, uh, walkouts kind of black top with the, the black crest. Um, <laughs> that's very nice. That, uh, that is £55 at the Sheffield Wednesday store. Oh, superb. And I really like the away kit as well it's um especially for these games where we have a kind of anonymous first half we really beautifully blend in with some nice luscious green pitches so it's <laughs> it's nice i kind of watch it like i i feel like i'm looking at a piece of art and i just need to stare at it for a few minutes um to actually realize that there are some football players on the pitch it kind of becomes a bit like a magic eye i was gonna uh, say like a magic so, eye. <laughs> yeah so magic eyes are back and then it's not elephants that you're seeing maybe it's some elephant turds uh, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday in the first half. I, but I guess everything really <laughs> felt very much like just going back to the point you said about West Brom. They really controlled the pace of the game. 
in that first half and they took any kind of sting and momentum out and i genuinely thought that from my kind of observations i thought that that would be i genuinely thought that that would just be the rest of the game yeah that's the game i thought you know it's kind of a bit like you know you you get an indian takeout uh takeaway sorry excuse my north americanism there and uh they give you the bag of salad and it's really convenient because you can just put that straight in the bin (laughs) and uh you can just bypass any digestion and um you know essentially that's what we kind of did we just bypassed everything and just flushed the game away to kind of go on a little bit with that analogy so i was incredibly surprised (coughs) from a kind of real no nothing kind of no mark first half with that brief flurry of 10 minutes activity a good goal for west brahma would say it was a it was a nice ball through. It was. I do hate Al Robson Cano with a passion. I really do. I don't know why. There's something about him I really, really dislike. I, I think it's looking on at a man who's played the game exceptionally well. The game being is that you go to a major tournament, you put in a really, really good performance, <laughs> and then you get a nice bumper contract that you can just kind of coast out for the next I know three, four years of your career. It was a good finish from him. I do wonder whether Westwood could have done a bit better. Um, <clears throat> maybe the sprinkling on that kind of turd cake was the... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Always scatologically focused, different yes. gravy. And um, But he did manage to meg um, Westwood in the process. Yeah. I mean, obviously the thing is that you do make yourself big there, but I don't think the idea is to make yourself so big that you, you leave a gaping hole between your legs. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's harsh because he shouldn't be left exposed like that. And it's clearly a failure of the defence that we are caught so far up the pitch that we can't recover from it. But yeah, it's hard not to feel that um, perhaps he could have done a little bit better with it. Um, The other thing I noted in the first half, and this was a real treat. um, I I don't know. I mean, it might have been that you were trying, you were sat with your face up against the screen trying to work out the magic eye at the time. But um, um, there was a there was a a moment where I offer grabbed a hold of the ball on the halfway line, did a Cruyff turn in very dangerous territory, (laughs) but Mm. like beat like eight men, probably about five of them that were West Brom players and three of them Sheffield Wednesday players. It was sumptuous. And then he played a great ball forward, went to join the attack. Sadly, it didn't come to anything, Um, but it was, it was just a really lovely little moment within a fairly drab first half. Um, So we got to half time. Mm -hmm. Another observation I want to quickly make as well, actually is, um, I, I don't know, I, I, I have a fair memory for some of the things we talk about in the podcast, Ridge. I just want to kind of check back. Have we, have we admitted that we aren't particularly good at corners yet? Taking or... Just everything. I, just everything surrounding corners. Maybe I'm, I'm looking at this an attacking purpose. <coughs> We've not gone into it, particularly. I feel we flatter to deceive. I, like, I think that's the term. Yeah, I like this new thing where we, um, we do this signal and it seems to mean every other every type of corner guys we're gonna do the old uh, two hands on the head corner oh what does that mean oh we're gonna play it short to bannon and kind of ruin the chance oh guys we're gonna do the old uh, two hands on the head corner again oh, i'm gonna uh, hit it straight into the first man mm. oh tell you what change it up again two hands on the head again guys uh this one's gonna be actually half decent but you're surprised by that because the others have been rubbish <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant yeah hilariously we actually hit a post from one of those yeah yeah, 
you know, it was a flat, curvy, flat, curvy Bannon corner that just drifted onto the post. Hit the foot of the post, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, what is the point in having a simple if you just do it every time? I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought it was really good. That looks like, I don't know. I, I felt the earlier of Monk that we'd look like we actually practiced set pieces, but now yes. I, I don't know if we do. I know. You know. We're just pretending that we practiced in a way, you know? Uh, if this is the kind of the way that he lives his life, I think I could take him in a rock, paper, scissors uh, contest. I just think he'd do paper every time. It's like, you know, oh, I'm going to really change it up. Paper. Okay, I'm really... Oh, okay, yeah. This time, paper is lost six times in a row. What should I do? Well, the thing they'll be least expecting is a bit of paper. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rock, paper, scissors, I've been playing a lot of... Um, there's a competition through a chain of convenience stores here in Canada. I'm not going to give them the time of day by talking about them, but you can probably figure it out. And you end up playing rock, paper, scissors against an NHL player, which gets you can win you such great prizes as a bag of peanuts or a buy one, get one free uh, Slurpee, which I don't really want to go down that route of having Slurpees in the cold. Um, even though apparently people people from Winnipeg really enjoy that. That seems to be a very okay. Winnipegian thing. Um, however, but what I've found is though I do often lead with the scissors. I pretty much just lead with scissors every time. And I think I lead with scissors every time I play uh, rock, paper, scissors, IRL, and with, with other people. Yeah. I think yeah, it's a de- it's a decent tactic. I think that's as good as any. I think statistically, I, th- I think uh, Monk, Monk probably leads with the rock because he's very defensive. I think, that's think what he yeah. do. Um, Fletcher would think about leading with the scissors, but then he just goes paper. Um, <laughs> thinks about being offensive, but then isn't really anything. Um, I think that's all our strikers, really. <laughs> that's it. Done. I think Jordan Jordan Rhodes thinks he, like I should do scissors. But I don't feel very confident, so I'll just poop myself instead. <laughs> so again. Oh, right. Second half. Oh, I did a running joke because Chris Brunt was on the bench. Um, so at half time, I said that the, the score was one and then in brackets one uh, nil because um, I just felt like when Chris Brunt came on, we were guaranteed to concede again. Um that's that's another sort of running little thing that I did just to amuse myself, Luke. It was a boring, as you say, it was a pretty boring first half, and I've got to keep myself interested, you know. I also um, want to say it wasn't quite the first half, but a, a comment I made to Rich at halftime. We decided to keep keep it dry of any kind of commentary before going into this fresher than um, fresher than the game that was as stale as anything was. Um, however, one of the things I enjoyed was coming out for the second half. The iFollow camera was on the sidelines. I saw Bullen come out and um, goalkeeping coach Nicky Weaver. And then he managed to s- spit out some chewing gum and volley it onto the pitch. And that was the best thing about the first half, I think, or, or <laughs> my, my viewing experience up until then. Uh, Maybe including the... Um, including the halftime rights-free techno music, which kind of reminds me of a, I think as I was saying to Rich, a preview for a smutty channel. Um, that was kind of like the sound bed for that thing. So that's kind of where we were at. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the fashion that I mentioned as well, the, the nice green luscious pictures. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just a kind of color therapy exercise, me, day, uh, me watching Wednesday away these days. Yeah, I, I think to be fair to uh, 
West Brom. Good, looked like a good crowd. Made a lot of noise. Seems like a good ground to go watch football in, mm. which you can't say that often in uh, in the, the old football league, to be honest. A lot of teams that get about 10 people and their dog. A um, lot of lifeless, soulless bowls of stadiums. So, yeah, well done, West Brom, on that front. Uh, second half, we, we rattled out the block. Started very brightly. Yeah. I thought we had a lot more kind of verve, a lot more pizzazz. It was looking good. I love that you're focused on the pizzazz, like like a like a cheap Vegas magician. <laughs> we brought the razzmatazz in the second yeah, half. Yeah, I think so. There was a bit of showpiece, you know, a bit of showmanship. Why not? And following that magic trick line, I mean it. I mean it should be entertainment, right? That's ostensibly what it what we watch for. The question we ask ourselves from a viewing experience, and also while we do this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, following following that uh, that sort of magic trick line, uh, Kieran Lee uh, sort of looked behind Higazi's ear and uh, found a penalty. It wasn't a haggard fifty pence piece uh, <laughs> no. that that uncle Uncle Kieran Lee found behind Higazi's ear. No, not a slightly waxy, questionable <laughs> fifty pence piece. That's been in someone's ear. No, it was a it was a lovely shiny penalty, and um, I think sort of echoing the thoughts of everybody watching and listening. Um, the, one of the commentators was insisting that the referee just give us a goal and we not have to take the penalty because we are a team that uh, when we get a penalty, it is not a guarantee that we are going to score that goal. Exactly, exactly, and that's generally what I thought was in the script. Um, I don't know. I feel this maybe happened a few times, but, you know, it's usually more you can see the penalty, you can't watch it because you fear you know what's going to happen. Yeah. That it's going to go in. But I, but I, from an attacking sense, didn't feel I could watch it because I felt that Fletcher would fluff it or whoever would stand up for it. We're not particularly, uh, in recent memory, we're not very convincing at penalties. I no. Say. And Fletcher himself is very much at the core of that. He's He has... He's missed a good number of penalties. In a yes, Matt Letizia, he ain't at penalties. Yes, um, but this one put it down the middle. The keeper dived. Uh, we're one nil up. Oh, no, we're not one nil up. We're one. It's one one. Um, and in brackets, it's one one one. Yeah, if you're following the uh, Brunt score. Um, <laughs> uh, then we did our usual thing and completely lost our heads. We went crazy for... Yeah, it's miraculous that when we're kind of... When we've restored some kind of parity to the game or kind of look like... Then we just absolutely look to just throw it away completely. Probably with, you know, the, you know, we had far more kind of grasp on the game and calmness when we were behind. It's so strange. You look at like West Brom... It was like a switch. You know, they went from attacking threat to managing, you know, controlling the game when they scored that first goal. It was like, you know, night and day. And we also are like a switch in that we looked like a good football team. And then we looked like a bunch of idiots uh, immediately after scoring a goal. It's so, so strange. And obviously there's a change of emphasis from West Brom. You know, they're playing more on a front foot. They're conscious they now need to go and try and get a goal so there's a shift in the in the way they play but it is not fully accounted for like 
what it's also Oz playing badly <laughs> that creates all these these opportunities for the opposition. It's definitely a combination of the of the of the two, and I think it weighs more heavily on Oz than than anything that they are actually doing to uh, to put pressure on us. Um, so yeah, we almost instantly conceded an equaliser. Um, but then we did calm down a bit. Uh, we Fox rattled the bar with a with a volley on the on the sixty fifth minute. Um, and what was nice at one one was we were clearly trying to push on and win the game. Mm. There wasn't any question of us sitting in and trying to hold. Uh, which so, I said was nice, I mean, but scary. I mean, at the time, I genuinely felt maybe kind of knowing when to run before we walk and then maybe that kind of approach that Monk has come in and said, look, we'll work on defensive shape before we look to establish our kind of attacking credentials mm. in the team. Part of me wondered whether from the recent uh, stuff, whether we should just relax and actually just settle for a point. Well, that's, yeah, like I say, I, I was quite pleased that we kept pushing, but I was also conscious that that was a slightly scary decision to be making as well. Yeah, because I know that there was the talk about um, whether we should look to bring on. I was really happy with the two subs. Um, yes. I thought maybe Harris was a little bit unlucky to be the one that's missing out. Um, but mind you, Murphy was doing very well up to that point. So I could kind of see that one from Reach. Lee was the one that, like, yeah, he just he wasn't there today. And the fact that basically he was lucky to get beyond the pitch before the fact that he he won as a penalty just yes. out of out of absolute nowhere there's actually some good work that Kieran Lee did in in getting that decision and um oh, so, yeah, so it was a lot of veteran savvy to we uh, got a lot of juice out of the Kieran Lee berry today yeah. so it was definitely the point to kind of bring him off and Luongo was definitely the choice so I was really happy with those two substitutes um the one thing I really did miss was who did um who did new you come on for Hutchinson Right. Okay. So at that point, because that was the thing, was I was thinking in terms of um, the commentary team. You know, um, <coughs> Rob O'Neill and John Pearson were talking about. You know, should you bring New You on? And I'm like, I wanted New You on, but I didn't know who was the logical. Yeah. And I genuinely thought we can't really sacrifice. We can't sacrifice a winger and or anyone that get that kind of front free. You don't want to do like for like with Fletcher. Um, you need someone up top with Fletcher. One of my other comments I think that was missing from the first half was um, we did great for the whip, but we also kind of lost out with there wasn't anybody who was kind of close to Fletcher for the flick-ons. Yeah, there's a few times he did pretty well in his tussle with a, a formidable man-mountain in Bartley and, um, yeah, looked around very frustrated that despite the fact he'd, uh, <clears throat> yeah, he'd sort of knackered himself out making something happen nobody had taken the chance in behind um i did i i thought i was a bit questionable of the change for um harris for reach because i thought harris was having a really good particularly first half i think maybe he did go a bit quiet second half but first half i I was really that was one of the things i was really pleased by is that he looked like he was sort of back to something like the sort of shining uh, form he was in at the start of the season. He really looked a, a headache for, for his fullback um, and was very unlucky not to, that fullback was very unlucky not to get a yellow card in the incident when bizarrely uh, Harris's shirt fouled him by being a bit, you know, a bit sharp and, and, a, and a bit rough on his hand. Um, 
so yeah, I thought I thought it was a little bit harsh, but then Reach immediately, I think he made like four or five tackles really quickly uh, and won the ball quite high up the pitch and 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 looked to be making things happen. I think again, he he is out of sorts in that he he's not taking those big moments. So his cross, he had a chance with a cross that wasn't particularly good. Um, he had a volley which, granted, was on his right foot, but again was nowhere near. Um, so it's like it's for a player who's largely built his Wednesday success on shining in those big important moments. He's uh, those what those seem to be the ones that are eluding him. Even though even though I think he's working, you know, he's he's putting himself about. He's trying to make things happen. But um, yeah, he probably had two chances to shoot and and a couple of chances to cross and didn't really do anything particular with either of them. Um, I agree, Luongo, good, good uh, substitution for for Kieran Lee and and a timely one, and he looked he looked really good again. Um, I almost would have liked to see him a little bit earlier with how how bright and comfortable on the ball he is. So Fletcher had an off effort that was ruled out for being handball or offside or something. It wasn't really they, they were saying handball, but I thought he was clearly offside. I thought, I he, thought looked he, a, was, he looked a good way offside. Didn't he he looked a long distance offside. A great cross and a lovely little control down to yeah. kind of get on the swivel. And he hit it well. Maybe not quite clinical enough, but the, the yeah. power and the pace he hit it with was was pretty fantastic. Not quite clinical enough uh, could be the name of his autobiography. Um, then, So then West Brom made a couple of changes, which initially I thought it was quite an attacking change. They brought on Barry for um, Higazi, the centre-back, uh, but all that meant was that their defensive midfielder, whose name eludes me... Um, was it a Jay? Oh, yeah, Jai dropped into centre-back after that. And uh, mm. so they, they kept their same formation. Um, and Charlie Austin went up front for, for Robson Canu. Um, Charlie Austin with a strange bleached haircut. Yes. I think he's trying to look like... Um, I think he's trying to look like Aguero, I think yes. is the commentary. But I think he just looks like he was auditioning for um, a reboot of Train Spotting. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, I was trying to think of a, of a gag somewhere along the lines of, you know, like the Austin Allegro car, the, Aust- the mm. Austin Aguero, the new, the new model for 2019, 2020. Um, by the way of 1979. By the way of 1979, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Rob on the commentary became obsessed with people being ball players. Yes, he did. He Gareth Barry, that, he used to be a ball player, didn't he? He, when he first came out, he was a ball player. And then he said the I don't know what a ball player is. Aren't they all ball players? <laughs> and I think he's means someone who kind of strokes it around. I mean, I, I kind of see what, what he's getting Barry's at. Whole career is. I thought Gareth Barry was more just like a you know a defensive mid for most but of his would, career. He take free kicks. He passes the ball very nicely. He played some lovely oh, little yeah. Yeah, inside yeah. passes today. I, I I don't think he ever stopped being a ball player. And I would uh, typically think Chris Brunt has just been more of a winger, basically. I, I, he, start, he started out, Luke, as a ball player. Can you believe it? <laughs> Sorry. It was a weird little thing. Again, we've got That's to keep so ourselves interested. We've got to keep our head in the ah, game. Ah, I know. Yes, exactly. Um. Then Austin hit the post at 87, which was a big let off yes well i basically said 86 wow how are we not losing and then 87 (laughs) well guess we are now you know so we did so 
initially we didn't see that incident, did we? Because we were we were on the common, we were on the the replay of the hitting the post. Yes, yes, which seems to often be a big I follow theme. Is that there's quite a few things I miss because we're too busy showing the replay from the previous. And they, there's nobody in charge to the point to kind of break off the replay in time to show the yes there's no there's no like vt editor kind of i guess as you'd kind of have so that's probably why it's suffering yeah well it's like it's a bit like radio sheffield isn't it you know sheffield wednesday standing over you know stephen fletcher standing over the penalty so we're going to go around the grounds um (laughs) you know that's just the i follow equivalent what's happening at millmore Well, nothing. Sorry, the New York Stadium. Oh, I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak directly into my tiny microphone, and you won't be able to hear me very well. Uh, but I will talk for ten minutes about what's going on here at uh, Millmore. <laughs> we go live to a clone of Adam Oxley. Adam Oxley number four is at uh, Doncaster away at Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, and they always seem to have some some really old man as well on radio. Yeah. So yeah, it did take, but then it takes. But don't worry because if if there's something we miss and it's big, we can just go back and watch the highlights of the next one. You know, we yes. can just go watch like the replay of that Whilst one. The next That's thing what we happens. Did. While the next thing happens, well, we so never we, live life and we can see. Life. Yeah, we can see. It's kind of like a big kind of um, flash gore delay, you know. Yeah. It's the turtles all the way down of uh, of I follow coverage. It's the what? Sorry, turtles all the way down. There's turtles like a, all the way down. What does the, that mean? the universe is uh, the universe is built on the back of a turtle, and there's like, oh, so what's the turtle on? Oh, it's turtles all the way down. It's <laughs> I don't know what book it's from. It's um, but yeah. Anyway, um, nice. nice. So what? So from your reading of the, of oh, the I think this so is pretty a, much the thing. Flicked over the top. We Charlie can talk Austin about stood offside, and Liam Palmer is just looking at Charlie Austin with his hand in the air, whilst the tricky little D Dianjana is that how we say his name? Is it Dianjana? Dianjana. No, he was, a, he was a pain in the backside all game. By the way, um, anyway, so but so he sort of ran through, and Westwood kind of punched him in the dick. <laughs> He got nowhere near the He ball. did. I think he did just uh, punch him right in the Johnson. It's one of those so, where obviously Liam has made a mistake. Right. Should we look at this in this kind so, of yes, a kind so. of blow by a JFK blow by blow account? Please do. So Luke Gledall, the Oliver Stone of different gravy. <laughs> So yeah, there, there was that kind of. I can't remember if it was quite a good, a good ball in or whether it was kind of. It felt a little bit speculative yes. from the ball in that the West Brom kind of humped, hoofed, hoofed, humped over the top. He humped it over, you know, and then there was a bounce. Palmer put his hand in the air. So was the hand in the air? Was he trying to appeal for an offside? Austin was miles offside, so he was just holding his hand up saying, oh, he's offside, and trying to ignore the ball. But he missed the fact that the player that he'd been marking all game was running through from an onside position and figured out too late to do anything about it. In a kind of back-to-the-basics approach, in a certain level of maybe if if I did my FA badges, and I, I don't know if you'd actually have to do a kind of Viva or a PhD presentation, if I had to do a research piece... Um, it would basically be from 
from ages watching Sheffield Wednesday and also kind of expand this to other clubs as well, Rich. But basically my defense would be about defenses and basically saying <laughs> play, players, defenders aren't as clever as they think they are. Yes. So much of this, oh, I'm just leaving it. Oh, he's got it. And it's just, it just, it, it, it works less than it doesn't, than it does work. So. I hope that my thesis isn't back to back with yours at the Viva panel because they might get a bit bored. Because, um, my, my, uh, my thesis would be the whistle and how to play to it. <laughs> I'll look into the, you know, the creation of the whistle, uh, different, <laughs> different P density. <laughs> As I as I work in the field of learning and development, I hope there is a really belaboured and beleaguered, um, not great, greatly needed introduction into the world of well, where does the whistle come from? <laughs> the, Dinosaur. uh, Dinosaurs used to whistle. <laughs> the magic moment when the ball bearing was introduced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just so just kind of bring us back to present day. Yes, yeah, and this moment, which was just over an hour ago from now, when we're recording, yeah, um, it was. I, I didn't see why. Yeah, I didn't know what Liam Palmer was playing at. So yeah. that's the first error. The second error is so we've had this miscommunication between a right back and Kieran Westwood before. Mm-hmm. You know, was it the Ipswich game? No, sorry, we didn't play Ipswich. It felt like we should have been playing Ipswich because it was that it's anonymous. Always Ipswich, isn't it? It's always Ipswich. Who was it? Who were we playing near the beginning of the season? I know who you... Well, the, well, the Reading one resulted in the red card for Westwood, but the, <laughs> him and Odebajo had time and time again of one of them expecting the other one to do something else and not, not doing it. Uh, I feel it's, it's a consistently poorly communicated uh, making of a duet of Cindy Lauper's time after time time that they're just there's no cohesive communication between the two in, in the verses yes. trading off and the, the, the chorus is time after time this is just what happens with kieran westwood and whoever's playing right back just the level of miscommunication is star- staggering so i mean the first thing is um it it is a real mistake from liam palmer it is. It's a. It's an an indefensible mistake. There's no two ways about that. So that's the first thing you do that prevents it. That's the first level. You know, in this, you know, the keep the defenders made an error. Who's then going to back it up? It's the keeper. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know whether it's just a general modus operandi, the things that we've recently talked about. But the one who I really want to kind of question in this, it's an error from Liam Palmer. What Kieran Westwood did again is is inexcusable. It's just no reason. Yeah. Why does he feel the need to to rush to get the ball in situations where I don't think it's again, it's it's maybe that kind of maybe there's is seriously a disconnect in and I feel this because I'm someone who's of a similar age to Kieran Westwood, albeit I'm not an athlete at all. I am sheerly the opposite of athlete. But like the other day I decided that I would run six hundred meters to try and make a bus from a kind of connection and it it absolutely ruined me rich so <laughs> i felt like i was a man who had more human will than my body would back it up with yeah and i feel the same thing for kieran westwood i don't know if he feels that these things that maybe he could do if he was younger or had a touch more pace or i i don't know what the disconnect is but there's no reason for him to charge out and try and get the ball 
No. In that situation, I would rather him, you know, take his chances, which I think would be lesser, you know, trying to just kind of close down the angle, make a save, or kind of prevent the options for, for Garner from what he does with getting yeah. that ball, rushing in with the ball. You know, because he's going to rush there. He's going to take a touch. He's going to take a, He's got a few touches going at pace to kind of control and set himself before he oh, pulls yeah. the trigger with either making a shot or playing it in the box for, for Austin, whoever else is there for West Brom attacking by the, that. By the time he's controlled it, he's probably at the byline because it's, yes. it's up around nipple height, moving fairly quickly. So, yeah, by the time it reaches his feet, he's not in a shooting position anymore unless he does something incredible. <laughs> so, I just want to laugh again, so I just say. Height. The ball's at nipple height, yet... Uh, it's a classic measure. Yeah, Westwood just, uh, just gives him a little jab in his penis, right? <laughs> yeah! He went low, he went to the body. Bit of a ball slap from Kieran Westwood. Um... Ball slap, he don't take crap. Oh, it's just, um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm staggered. I'm really staggered. That's the thing. By the the decision making from both, but oh, yeah. I, I genuinely, I, I've seen this before from Westwood. We've seen this before this season, and it just is not a. I, I can't remember times when he's rushed out and he's been a hero. No, but there's also the miscommunication is a is a is another trait now because. The last game against Swansea, we conceded from a corner that didn't need to happen because, you know, again, his fullback didn't do what he was either telling him to do or he wasn't telling him to do it. And he had to he felt he had to make the decision to put the ball out under no pressure. And so, again, like that's it's another that's both fullbacks you're not communicating properly with. That's that's a pretty tricky, tricky situation to be in. But yeah, I think that's the thing is it, Liam Palmer's mistake is is bad, but it's not terminal. There's It yes. does not need to turn into a penalty. I just have no idea what Westwood thought he was going to achieve with what he did. He must have just thought, you know, all is lost, but it's not. To think mm. that all is lost in that situation is panicking, which you don't expect from a guy who is, you know, one of our, he's our most experienced pro. It should be the quality he has in spades at this point, at this point in his career, really. Yeah. I mean, this is a hilarious thing. We have one of the oldest starting 11s in the league, and yet, and yet we, we just, we're just losing it. We're just, we're just absolutely just panicking yeah. all the time. It's just these situations, just these late games where you think that we should have the experience and the nows to really see things out and show some gangsmanship. Yeah. And yet key figures are just, uh, yeah, they're like, it's it's not even, it's not quite clutching, clutching defeat from the jaws of victory, but it's just kind of clutching defeat from the jaws of just, we should be okay. I, I don't yeah. know what the term yeah. is, like neutrality, We're cl- you know, it's negative playmaking at its finest. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so, I mean, I don't think there's rest we can really talk about because that was pretty much at the death. That was the 88th minute. Well, the the other thing I, I didn't just... e- I didn't even properly watch the penalty. Was it a well taken penalty from Austin? It was a very good penalty from Austin. Yeah, uh, sort of hit the side netting, sort of one. So no, no, there was no saving it. Mm. Um, what, what the other thing again? Uh, sorry, just this is my last point on this. But not only does Westwood make the the compounding mistake, he then is bent at the waist shouting at, at Palmer for his his part in it. This is another trait. Again, 
he's made so many mistakes and it's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when he when he goes up into the crowd of players, gets nowhere near the ball, he's shouting at people round him. It's it's his fault that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, you know, you can't put yourself, but I'm sure it contributed to the fact that Palmer was so het up that he, he went for those two big, horrible challenges. I'm sure a big part of it is, is he's annoyed at himself, but also being, you know, torn down by, as we say, the most experienced pro on the pitch is going to, that's going to have an effect as well. So mm-hmm. he's not having the, he's not having a calming fatherly influence on this young fairly young defense in front of him. He's he's acting like a spoiled teenager that can do no wrong even when he keeps doing wrong. Yeah. And still in our situation still gets the starting berth as a reward for such failures. It's always his fault but it's never his fault and that is a tough situation to be in when you're one of the other players relying on him to to do his job. Uh, yeah, basically nothing much else happened. We brought on Atty for for Hutchinson. He tried to sort of Atty it um, a couple of times, you, you know, kind of lumber his way across the pitch and make things happen. <laughs> What's uh, on the stats, Rich? What percentage of Attying did you think was successful? Successful Attying? I think he's about fifty percent. In his uh, his atty rate today. How how does that rank to his previous atty percentage? <laughs> On average, I mean, when he's in, there's a there's a marked difference. When he's in form, he's he works at about a a seventy five eighty percent. That's good. That's that, that's a good atty percentage. And very much, his whole game is built off just how well he can atty. Uh, because when he's you know, in, in a in a poorer run of form, he might be attying just ten or twelve percent of the time. I'm looking so, forward to this new. Um, you're a man with a very great reading of the game, and I'm also now very pleased that you're moving into this world of statistics, Rich. I'm looking <laughs> forward to the Opta Rich uh, Twitter account, where it'll be like eighty-five uh, percentage of attying that Addy knew you did today. Addy. Every single time Atty knew you has attied at a rate of 80% plus we've won this season. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. You've got to look at those percentages. You've got to get those, got to get those metrics up, right? <laughs> exactly. So then Palmer launched himself. The only sort of significant thing that happened is Palmer launched himself into a, a pretty horrible tackle. I'm not sure it's... I mean, it was a bad tackle, but I don't know if it's a straight red. What did you think of that, or had you turned away in disgust at that point? I mean, I was I was watching, but it was still kind of with disgust, really. So my lenses were disgusted, coloured. Um, I'm just wondering how it looked in the magic eye. It, it looks. It it, it didn't look good. It didn't look a good challenge. I I don't think it. Yeah. I don't know. I I think at this point you just get to the point of, especially as a Wednesday fan, you know, you get to a level of self-flagellation. Yeah. Um. You have the tools of which to hurt yourself out, so it it doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. And I'm kind of it's, just looking for anything to just to be tools of which to whip myself basically with. So it me it means next game Odebadjo's going to get a a chance. How long did ban do you think that would be? Do you think that would be a free? I was thinking, was this going to be a free match ban or? I can't think. I can't think it'll be. It was. I. I think it was a bad fa- a bad tackle, but I don't think it was violent conduct. I think. It, I think it'll just be the one match ban. That would be my my guess. Mm. But 
Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, as, as I say, it means it means Odebajo gets the chance to to play against Birmingham um, midweek. So, just looking at the performance as a whole, I just put my I just put my sort of final notes at the end of the game. We're just gutted, absolutely gutted. Arguably deserved a win away against top of the league West Brom we haven't beaten West Brom in a good number of years they've they've generally been a team far and above us in in uh, in terms of the the players and quality that they have and to not even come away with a draw is really devastating and it's all our own fault which is even worse <laughs> silly nonsense mm. So, I feel that's all we can really say about the game, and uh, let's go on to the bit everybody that I love the most, which is rating players. <laughs> everybody that I... Everybody that's me. Everybody that's Luke loves rating players. Um, okay, Kieran Westwood. I'm going to give him a free today. I actually was about to give him a four, and I'm like, no, I want to make a point, and I thought about two. I'm like, oh, that's too harsh. Let's give him a three. Um, I feel he could have done better with the first goal. Yeah. I, I think he maybe could have got a little bit of something on it, despite the fact that it was a really good goal from West Brom's perspective. Um, his kicking wasn't particularly good, and that were actually those two sentences were pretty much the notes I was reading before he just dropped an absolute major bollock, and just threw this game away and i we're in the heat of the moment we're doing this very close to the review of the game yeah. i i would genuinely want to drop him um i would actually tell him to take a holiday for three weeks it is getting to the point where it's like if he is not dropped now when when does it ha- when does it happen I, I think i'm not a you know i'm not a huge dawson advocate but no i no. think he's he can't be worse than Westwood is right now. No. And it's not like we are being peppered. It's not like he's producing. I mean, we've had in other games the little caveat of, oh, well, he produced a good save or he did that. Today, really did contribute nothing positive in the whole game. I think he made one half-decent save, but it's the sort of save that I'd expect literally any goalkeeper, any professional goalkeeper to make. So... You, when you're just left with the mistakes, then I think give somebody else a try. I mean, literally, what's the worst that can happen now? I don't, from what we've seen of Dawson, I don't think he'll be worse. And it, he might be a good bit better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Three, I, I, think, I, I, I don't know if we're almost coming into this world of, you know, that time we talked about before with, like, the Paul Heffernan kind of situation you know we it's almost like we're just yeah. pining we're pining for any of our option and i really hate that i'm saying this about kieran westwood i i hate that i'm being as negative and as knee-jerk as i am um i i want Position. to do this podcast and i want to have these conversations um <laughs> that we have every week rich and have like a degree of positivity um but I, i'm just i'm no I'm, I'm done i'm absolutely done with kieran westwood right now Right now, there needs to be a lot of... I, I don't know if there's any capacity for him to... For someone so confident in his own abilities and confident in who he is, I don't know if he has the capacity as a person, from what I've seen, <clears throat> to admit he's made a mistake and to apologise. No, that is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. I do think goalkeeper is one of those positions with it a bit... Stri- even more so than striker, 
um, you're kind of your own man, even though you're in the team, you're yeah. almost playing a, an individual sport. And I do think with individual sport, one of the things that marks that out is you do need to have that ultimate belief. And if something's gone terribly wrong, you almost need to tell yourself it's somebody else or something, something that can be worked on. But yeah, it just doesn't feel like there's any... There should be soul-searching moments, and at the moment it doesn't feel like they are happening. And if they are happening, there's no response, no noticeable response. So we, it just needs to change. We just can't have this. This is now a succession of games where something, our own nonsense, we're three, three games in a row where Westwood has been wholly or partially at fault for us losing points. Yeah, That's enough. That's enough games. Let's try something new. Mm. And as you say, even if it, even if the result is actually by Christmas, Westwood's back in there. Well, he'll be a renewed. He should be, and big, I, and that's this is the benefit of squad football and any rotation. I feel like I said this previously for Odebajo when he was going through a bad spell. Mm. I'm like, just just take him out of the the sixteen, take him out of the of the, the match day squad pitcher. Um, because sometimes I wonder how much you need to just go off and just think about things and have yeah. those moments of reflection. That's very much my personality, and that's something I'm very big on. Um, I, I just I don't see, but it, it just feels harsh. Like it was the thing with Rhodes. I, I feel like Rhodes needs to go off and you know in a really shitty and harsh way needs to consider what he brings to the table and what his talents are. Yeah, maybe not quite as harsh for Kieran Westwood, but. But Kieran Westwood needs to think about those instances and what he did. There's a lot of things he has to consider. There's a lot of errors he's made. And maybe you can't do that when you're in this rhythm of a game on on a Saturday and a Tuesday. Maybe there's just not the time to do that kind of. But I mean, also that, on the flip side of this, Rich, is that we've we've come out the back of a you know a final international break of the season. Sorry, yeah. of the of the year of the calendar year. So. Yeah. This should have been the time to take those. This should have been the time. And I don't know I don't know what happens on the training ground. I don't know what's said in the dressing room. We don't we don't have that insight, you know, as fans, obviously. But I really expected from the previous mistakes that one or two of those things would be kind of held in contention and thought about and talked about by the coaching staff, by Nicky Weaver, by Gary Monk, however that kind of filters down to the sessions with the player. I It feels, I don't know if they've had that conversation. I don't know if things are going right on the training ground and it's not well, getting translated to the pitch. I don't know, but it feels like everybody's gone in on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they're back, they've been back from the previous games to be like, it's business as usual. Yeah. And it isn't business as usual. No. Not at this stage. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be, no. Well, I mean that is the ch- that is the change that we don't know about because obviously we 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 had um, Jordan's dad. Um, his first name's escaping me. Um, Andy Rhodes. Andy Rhodes as the as the goalkeeping coach for for many many years, and that is a change that's happened in the summer. As Nicky Weaver's come in, is it that those two don't get on? Is it that Weaver prefers a different style of goalkeeping? Is I don't know what it is. I don't really even care what the reasons are because the long and short of it is what is happening now is not good enough. I don't care why really. As a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I just know. It's never been this bad. It now is this bad. So if it's Westwood failing, if it's Westwood getting in his head about things, if it's poor coaching, if it's a poor relationship with the coach, 
whatever it is, I don't really care. I just want a better choice of goalkeeper because the guy who's in the sticks now is not doing the job he's supposed to do well enough. And the only other alternative, I mean, we've got, um, we had a, a tweet from a listener, Mark Etches, that we, we did forget to talk about Wildsmith. I mean, Wildsmith's back training. I, I think by and large, the, the consensus opinion seems to be that Dawson is the, the better prospect of the two, but they are, mm. they're neck and neck. Wildsmith was favoured before Dawson sort of got into the team. Um, yeah, Wildsmith but, was the Carl Norton to uh, Dawson's Carl Walker. Yes. <laughs> He's a yeah. really clumsy. Enough. He was the one who I think <laughs> at one point, by, by that I say... Um, I know exactly what they're both Kyle, actually. Two Kyles. Actually, two Kyles. Um, But he's the one that I think people thought was was going to be the better prospect of the two. And actually, Dawson was the one who's established himself. The younger one who's established himself as a better better option. But I don't know. I it's been a long time since I've seen Joe Wildsmith play. Yeah, I remember at the time, but that was a long time ago that he wasn't up to snuff. But we've got two choices there. And I suppose what I'm saying is let's let's give Dawson a go. I think he's earned the opportunity. He's not let us down when he's had to play this season so far. And you know, but even if that doesn't work, we could still we can either go back to Westwood or we do have the option of of Wildsmith as another person to try. Which then we also had the the crazy option of thinking about talking about um... Weaver registering himself as a player. No. Well, it was, just, it was just the fact that we had the, you know, we had the Dawson error against Cardiff. Yes. yes. Which actually then we said we pine for the attributes of Westwood. Uh, you're right. You are right. I don't know if it's just a consistent rotation policy that we'll have. So a rotation policy for ourselves as fantasy football managers picking the lineup, whether there'll always be qualities that we will miss in until we can get the um, <laughs> the Munkensteins cloning uh, abilities, or I maybe think, we could we could do a the fly type situation where we just splice. Um, you know, we're trying to transport here in Westwood. Cameron Dawson gets in the transportation chamber with Westwood, and then we now have a, a Westwood Dawson monster, which hopefully the best qualities of both can come out <laughs> in this new monstrosity uh, mutant keeper that we develop. Um, but I don't know if we're always just going to, uh, maybe this is just the fact that none of the keepers are ex- exceptionally good enough. But then, uh, well, I would say that Dawson error, I, I would say the, you know, there's grading within the sort of, uh, crimes, uh, yeah, and Dawson's error of not quite standing his ground as vociferously as he could is way, you know, is far, far back from you think that's turning into a kind of killing spree from Westwood, you know, it's, 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 um, I was going to say Dawson has flicked somebody in the ear lobe and, uh, Westwood has actually performed grievous bodily harm. Exactly. It's like there's several grades worse of what, what Dawson, what Westwood has done in these last three games. He's, he's perpetrating quite the, uh, the rap sheet for himself. Um, we should get on to another player, I think. But yeah, I'd like to see that change. Maybe it doesn't happen Wednesday because it's so short order. But the sooner the better, really, for me. Yeah, we've got we've got Birmingham on on Wednesday, um, and then Charlton on Saturday. So there's two options this week to uh, to maybe change things up. Uh, so right back, Liam Palmer. I guess he's going to get to ten. 
<laughs> I would half that mark and give him a five. Yeah. Annoying red thing, Nimera, and Sorry. The rest of the game, I thought he was fine. I thought he was all right. I thought attacking-wise, actually, second half, he was really busy. He, he seemed to combine quite nicely with Murphy a few mm. times. To the point where Murphy started to oddly rely on, you know, he's just looking for Palmer all the time. Um, mm. But I thought I thought he was doing a good job of it. And and bear in mind, he's somebody who's been active during the uh, the break. So one mental slip in ninety minutes might be understandable when you're you're some you're one of the the only players that's played another two sets of ninety minutes uh, during the during the international break, whereas all the rest have had a lovely break. Um, I th- yeah. I think I'd maybe go to to a six, but then the red card is a bit of silliness, and he did play a big, big part in the in the goal. It's not, um, you know, it's not nothing what he did. Mm. There. Uh, okay, uh, I offer seven point five. I give it to I offer. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, you know, it's I I feel really bad for him. But yeah, he's he's putting the performance like he has. And he's been part of a defence, a team that's considered two goals today. It's, yeah. it's not right. I also think, I actually think Burner was slightly, sh- looked a bit shaky at times today. And, and I also sort of grew to to fill the spaces. Um, totally, yeah. Yeah, I think he, partic- you know, he had a particularly good game, I offer. And yeah, as you say, a real shame that he's he's on the losing side because he didn't deserve to be. I think, yeah, seven and a half is a good score for him. Uh, Jim, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so then Burner, the aforementioned. Um, maybe, maybe a 6.5. Yeah. I don't I think, think even a shaky, even a shaky burner is a pretty good burner. I think so. I definitely think so. There was just um, a couple of moments, particularly early on where I was reminded that actually the last thing he did in a Wednesday shirt was kind of fluff his lines at that clearance that, that, that played a big part in the, uh, the Blackburn winner. So it, I think it, it felt a little bit like that might have been playing on his mind early doors, but I think he grew into the game and got better as the game got went on. Mm. Um, uh, Morgan, I'm trying to think. How to fuck Fox Morgan. Captain, Captain Fox Morgan. Captain Fox Morgan. Um, I didn't see much of him today. I, I can't remember much of him playing and being on the pitch, I'll be honest. Yeah, I thought he looked a bit wobbly, a bit shaky. I thought Phillips was a lot for him today. Uh, their two wingers were really were really tricky, and and I think I think Palmer kind of had his and then started to struggle against him, and Fox struggled early doors and got better against his. But uh, I think it's fair enough. I thought I thought he put in some crosses. They were so short that people needed to flick them on to make them worthwhile. But still, he was you mm. know he got up and and tried. He did hit the bar as well with a pretty nice effort uh, from a from a set piece. So that could have been a different story as well if he'd got his second goal <laughs> in short order. That would have been pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, fairly fairly anonymous. Uh, we'll take ourselves out to the right wing. Do you think, or do you go Hutch next? Uh, let's do the midfield three. I think so. Hutch. Yeah. Uh, Hutch. I, I didn't do many ratings. I think for the actual midfield three, apart from Kieran Lee. Um, I don't think Hutch did. I don't think. He no, no, I don't really see what he really brought to the occasion today. Apart from another pointless uh, yellow card to add to his list of to yellow add cards. To his wonderful collection. I just don't know why. It's like he gets bored after an hour and has to do something. The bloodlust raises in him and he has to go like Jason or something like that. He has to purge. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yes, eight yellow cards so far. It's insane. But the one today was just so pointless. Yeah. He literally just kicked up. I mean, he did it twice. It was just determined to get a yellow card. I wonder if he bets on himself. He's 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 the ultimate winger winner in uh, in the Hutch Bingo. The Hutch Bingo is yeah. He marks his card and uh, he knows exactly when he's going to get the yellow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that three for me never really worked. I thought we didn't really get much of anybody. The, I don't. Mm. Apart from the part he played in the goal, Kieran Lee was really, really quiet and didn't do very much. Bannon had some moments, but again, didn't particularly shine a, a huge amount. And I, Hutchinson did barely anything apart from just go deeper and deeper and deeper. I mean, he was he was sweeper half the time mm. when when we had the ball. Um, so do so do we give Hutch a score? Sorry, I did. I, I missed that. Six. Six. Yeah. 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 So then we kind of touched on the other two. We might as well cover them. Uh, Kieran Lee. Kieran Lee, I've I've stretched to a seven for Kieran Lee purely for him winning a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I think Outside of that, he was pretty weak and and wasn't particularly. This was. I think he's had one or two worse games this season, but I I he's had he has had a, like a few better games. Yeah. It he's he he wasn't doing very well. In that middle of the park, I'll be honest. He's replaced when Luongo comes on. It feels like Kieran Lee 2.0 at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is not to say that Kieran Lee hasn't been a great player for us, but Kieran Lee now Luongo just feels like he does all the things that Kieran Lee does, but does them better. Yes, with more of a goal threat. So him staying fit is a huge thing for us because Luongo just looks. He's got so much to him. It was mm. really nice when he came up. There was a bit of a sad moment with Kieran Lee as well. There was a ball that was kind of like flung down the wing for him and he he well and truly lost his leg race with the centre-back. And you're just like, ah. Oh. You could see that little wistful look in his eye almost. He's <laughs> like, I would have had that before. Mm. It was like he was running backwards. Uh, then, So then Barry Bannon? One of the much lesser Bannon games, I must say. Mm. 6.5, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think like between the three of them, Lee gets the plaudits because we don't score without Kieran Lee. Hotch was anonymous, so gets the the most anonymous-looking score. (laughs) And Bannon did a bit, but not very much. So, yeah, he sits in the middle of the two of them. I think that's absolutely fair. So Mm. that takes us out to the wingers. Murphy, I've gone for a 7.5. Verve, confidence and drive. Looking a fair bit better. I thought it was a really good performance from him. Um, yeah, just just more of this, please. Just more of that. And I think with probably the, the ball in different areas, I think he'll you know really do some damage in future games. Yeah, he was a bit less... He sort of carried a goal threat all the time against Swansea. And maybe he was just up, up against a better fullback. But... Um... He didn't. He wasn't. Didn't feel quite as dangerous as as uh, he did against Swansea. But still, yeah, I thought he had a really good game and actually looked for me looked particularly good when he moved out to the left. I do. I do wonder whether um, Reach and and Murphy might be a combination we try at some point because yeah, I thought I thought Murphy looked looked really good when he when he went out there, which mm-hmm. I was surprised by. I, I wasn't quite sure when the decision was made. Um, and then Kadeem Harris. Oh, Kadeem Harris, maybe a 6.5? 
Yeah, I think probably like a seven in the first half and a six in the second kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, leveling up. At yeah, six. that's very true. He was very good in the first half. He was definitely uh, a lot more kind of Kadeem Harris like. Yeah. Than I think recent uh, times. Um, I don't know what the difference was, but definitely wasn't kind of double marks on or you know doubled up on. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, and then uh, Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher, um, I, I don't know how to, to, to mark Stephen Fletcher. 6.5? <coughs> it was it was fairly kind of average, really. It wasn't yeah. terrible. It could have been better. It, I think just the the, the fairly uh, consistent <laughs> frustration of this season is that we're so reliant on Stephen Fletcher for all of his good things and bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, I think by and large he... He again did a pretty well at the target man elements, especially against a pretty tricky couple of centre backs. I mean, Higazi, if if you remember, was getting linked with. He nearly went to Liverpool uh, when Van Dyke went there. You know, he was really highly thought of at one point. It's all kind of gone off the boil for him a little bit now. But mm. Higazi and Bartley were are, are quite a twosome to play up against as a as a lone frontman. And I think he did make a lot out of the limited chances he had. But he just doesn't have a mind, for, an eye for a goal, a mind for a goal. His getting in the box is like his second or third thought, and that just means we don't get as many chances as we should and he d- and then when we make chances he doesn't take as many chances as he should so yeah it's just an, in- an inherent a sort of inbuilt frustration that we're gonna it's just gonna happen again and again because we don't have anybody that's as good at him as a good as good as him at everything else so whilst we play the style that we're playing we're uh we're very reliant on what fletcher can give us each week yeah and today wasn't a hugely uh bountiful uh match for him i did i did have a little thought in the first half you know when he went down you know rolling around hitting the floor in pain he does that every single it's like fletcher is always injured but he's never injured until he's injured Uh, uh uh substitutes adam reach came on at the 60th minute um let's give him a 6.5 uh he definitely looked like he was a little bit more up for it and did some good stuff um he had that shot where you know he took it on his wrong foot which is his right foot yeah and um that was maybe a little bit disappointing but i i enjoyed seeing him come on you know i, I always love seeing adam reach so he did he did well getting the ball back in their half i thought that's that was a marked sort of the the time when he the reason we had a good period after he came on by and large was that we we started stepping up and 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 winning the ball in their third of the pitch which meant that all of our attacks were starting from a a very sort of elevated base uh luongo came on 10 minutes later in the 70th minute should we go for a 6.5 for longo as well i I don't think there was any I don't yeah. think there was any huge kind of substitutes kind of performances today. No, no. Again, he did a lovely... There was a moment where there was three players surrounding him and he sort of did a Cruyff turn and a little pivot and came out with the ball, which was really nice to see. But um, he didn't get a chance to make much happen. He, he had one shot, but it was very tame. <laughs> he, he would have had half a chance if he'd taken it on the volley, but uh, he waited for it to come down and, and therefore ends up with a bit of a P-roller which was easy for Johnson to deal with. Uh, is it even worth talking about Atty? I think we might as well, just for the sake of it, let's give let's give New Year's six. For completionists. In his short, short moments. 
you know, don't think it was the occasion for him to come on. Unfortunately, it was a bit too late for him to come yeah. on. And I don't know if I really would have made the substitution anyway to just... It, but it was it was speculative at that point. We were just trying to get something out of it, right? I, I wouldn't have we done it prior to... to the moment of conceding. Um, and then after conceding, sure, but there's just there's not enough time left, you know? I think we were probably hoping to mount, a, you know, a 90-plus minutes of just hoofing it long and trying to put them under pressure. It didn't quite happen, but I think that was probably the game plan was just bombard them and hope they crack but we didn't get get to mount any sort of attacking pressure after he came mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. uh so yeah so there we go really frustrating so t- the, the two games coming up just to do a little bit of a preview before we um before we let folks get back to their uh their day-to-day lives um including us <laughs> <laughs> uh so we've got Birmingham midweek at home and uh and then we've got Charlton uh, next weekend away from home two more winnable games I think so but I I really don't know in in this aspect of what Wednesday look like right now mm-hmm. like I don't know we like I was looking at the you know I was just looking at the Gary Monk kind of post match force <clears throat> he's a football manager uh, he'll talk a big game. He'll talk up the work that we do. Granted, it wasn't terrible. There were quite a few positives today. Um, there's never quite enough attacking conviction to ever score more goals to win games. We got our goal from complete fortune today. It's yeah. it was incredibly fortuitous. <sighs> but then there's a question like if you know what the question always going to be right now for Wednesday for the past kind of four or five games. What could we have done if we'd kept that kind of defensive steel about us yeah and i don't know if we're ever going to do enough to kind of counter these errors which i can't see finishing because i can't the problem is we can't see finishing because when seemingly i hope midweek that we take this period to leave westwood out and we bring dawson in i don't think it's going to happen i i fear that we're going to keep sticking with westwood and i can't see any i can't see us stopping leaking goals yeah, yeah. Which means we I, need I, to I, score more at the other end to exactly, which we're not particularly good at. It, we're but... not good at, you know, outside of that real rarity at uh, the Riverside against Middlesbrough. You know, it's not, it's not regularly going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll see. I, th- I think we've we've had a tough run because I think we said that before the last international break, we were coming back to a tough run, weren't we? And we probably did less well than we would have hoped. Today could have easily been a draw against a top-of-the-table team. We drew against Swansea, who were second when we played them. Um, we drew against Leeds, and that was a very good game. Uh, and, and obviously, we got the the only one win we got was against Stoke. The 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 today is. I mean, we, we're straight after the match. There's no high, There's no sort of the wound is still fresh. But today is is hugely frustrating, and it, it makes the it makes the last run of games look look bad altogether those those six games uh from the start of the last or the end of the last international break because you could be looking at that if if we'd drawn or won today you could be looking at that and going well six games where we've only lost once we've got what we've got one win or two wins or whatever three wins um but it's hard to you you know we're putting lipstick on a pig at this stage because it's been a bad run Mm. The last three games have been bad uh, results and mostly at our own hand. So we'll see. A week's a long time in football, to borrow another adage. 
So we've got Birmingham and Charlton. I do think they're the two of the sort of games that we we'd hope to win. I just don't know right now. I, I would I feel usually. I just don't feel. I, I don't feel any great level of confidence in this team right now. Yeah. It's well. There's so many cliches in football, but if we play like we did today against those two teams, we'll beat those two teams. But I. I think the problem is again. So here's the situation: we play well, we perform well against the top teams. Um, even though I guess a lot of our wins have been against teams in the bottom, but historically this Wednesday team does pull up good performances against the top performers, and then sometimes against some of the middling lesser teams doesn't quite do it. Um, we may get better results. I don't think we'll get better performances. I don't think we will. I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're not going to do much in these next few games. I think we'll lose against Charlton. Um, I'd like to see us win against Birmingham, but um, actually, I think we might be Birmingham. We might okay. just somehow kind of edge it. I think it might be Gary Monk against his whole team. I think he might get them riled up for that one. But there's a real chance that um, I, I think there's also a chance that Birmingham will be up for it a lot as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because yeah. that's his, uh, they're still managed by his old assistant manager, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Could be quite the tussle. Uh, well, I think we're going to beat Charlton 3 0, and Morgan Fox is going to score a perfect hat trick. So I would love that as well. I would love a, yeah. It's coming. I think. Uh, right, left, and header from, uh, from Fox yeah, Morgan. Captain Fox Morgan is, that's what, he's going to turn the season around for us. Right. Um, on that very silly note, we should wrap things up, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a delight to talk to you again, Luke. You, you always lift my spirits. <laughs> uh, do I? I wonder whether, much like it's not a, I'm not making a pure uh, analogy through how I do with these podcasts, Rich. But I wonder if also maybe just watching Wednesday, I also get the same level of late game management where I don't have the commitment and professionalism to say anything <laughs> interesting at the end of it. So. I apologize to all the listeners. I apologize to myself and I apologize to you, Rich, as well. Oh, um, you're seeing it out. You're, uh, <laughs> you're, 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 you're dawdling and passing around at the back. Um, just hoping to see out the last few minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll say cheerio. Have a good week, Rich. This has been different gravy. It has. We did mention, um, so did you know it was Kieran Lee's 200th appearance for Wednesday? Oh no. And did you also know, bizarrely, it's the 250th appearance for Adi New Year? Wow. That's insane, isn't it?